Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex, equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information. A daily aggregation of sports business news, now known as SBJ Daily, debuted 27 years ago yesterday. September 12, 1994 was the first issue. Check out yesterday's weekend wrap for the oral history on the publication's launch and the people behind it. This is your morning buzzcast for Monday, September 13th. I'm Abe Madcore. Good to be with you today. More than 70,000 fans were present at SoFi Stadium last night as the Rams defeated the Chicago Bears in the opening NBC Sunday night game. I bring this up because it marked the first of two major stadium openings in the NFL that featured fans for the first time during the regular season, as both SoFi Stadium and Allegiant Stadium, of course, had no fans last year. SoFi looked great on TV last night, certainly worthy of hosting the Super Bowl in February. It is, of course, the most expensive facility out there. Already the price tag is at $5 billion with the stadium and the adjacent NFL media complex next to it in Inglewood. But the stadium looks mammoth. It certainly looks very high-tech, one of the most high-tech facilities in the league. Last night, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell was scheduled to be on hand, along with Rams owner Stan Kroenke, for the opening. It's quite a story, and such an investment by both Stan Kroenke and the NFL. And for Stan Kroenke to invest so much money in the building and development of SoFi and then not have any revenue coming in during year one, wow. That is quite a challenge. But things are certainly looking up for the Rams. The team and legends say they have hit their stadium seat license goal of $600 million in sales. And based on last night's results, the Rams on the field should be pretty strong. So a big night in Los Angeles on Sunday. Tonight, Monday, the Raiders will open Allegiant Stadium with fans for the first time during a regular season game as they host the Ravens on Monday Night Football, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. It's also a big night for ABC ESPN as the game will air on both ABC and ESPN and the Peyton and Eli Manning kind of like megacast type broadcast will air on ESPN2. That is when the Manning brothers give their take on the game. And on ESPN Plus, there'll be a version of the game with an emphasis on sports betting. So ESPN rolling out a number of new elements around Monday Night Football. And let's just say there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of promise, there's a lot of promotion around the Mannings Brothers telecast on ESPN2. So we'll check that out tonight. Meanwhile, sportsbusinessjournal.com throughout the day will have updates on the opening weekend NFL ratings. We will see if they can follow the early trend from Thursday's opener. Remember, the Buccaneers win over the Cowboys on Thursday night averaged a preliminary audience of 26 million viewers across NBC and its streaming platforms. That figure marked the best NFL kickoff game figure on viewership since 2015. Yes, there were a lot of factors there. Tom Brady, the Dallas Cowboys, a close game. 
but still, we're going to want to watch to see if those early ratings and viewership indicators continue through the opening weekend. Let's shift to the U.S. Open because early on, the U.S. Open, I felt, had a lot of things going against it in late August. They were still, of course, facing COVID and changing vaccination mandates, pressure from the city and the state. So many of the top players were opting out and the lack of international travelers that generally filled the grounds at Billie Jean King National Tennis Center meant that attendance would likely be a little softer. But this tournament was a winner, and the USTA lowered the curtain yesterday on what will be remembered as a very, very successful two weeks. Yes, we all thought the story would be Novak Djokovic's calendar year Grand Slam, but he was upset yesterday, and of course everyone thought he'd probably win that event, but he didn't, and I really believe the tournament, the two weeks of the tournament, will be remembered for the play of the women players. First, there was 18-year-old Emma Raducanu, who went from being the 150th ranked player to winning the Open. You had 19-year-old Layla Fernandez from Canada playing her in a great finals match. Both players played remarkable tennis during the two weeks and did it with grace, class, and such maturity. So many followers were blown away by both of them. I kept hearing from people throughout the two weeks who were drawn in by their tennis. And the remarks by Layla Fernandez on the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks after her tough loss on Saturday were just incredible. USA Today called her remarks, quote, perhaps the most beautiful moment of the entire tournament, end quote. But congrats to the USTA and the players for a very successful U.S. Open that put tennis in a very good light. And in fact, interviews with the men's and women champions are on the Today Show as I speak on Monday morning. So a very good two weeks for tennis at the U.S. Open. You want to hear about another good two weeks? How about if you're the new Pac-12 Commissioner George Kliakoff, you're feeling pretty good about your football programs. Remember, the Pac-12 has been a laggard in football performance over the past few years, but Saturday the Pac-12 earned a a very significant regular season non-conference win with Oregon beating Ohio State in Columbus. This comes a week after UCLA upset LSU. Remember, Pac-12 football has been an also-ran over the last few years, so right now the conference and the schools have to be feeling pretty good about two very big wins over top Big Ten and SEC schools, and the conference could likely be in the mix all season for top rankings and a berth in the college football playoff, which would be a big step for the Pac-12. Kliakoff was at Saturday's game and, according to The Athletic, watched the game with Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren and NCAA President Mark Emeritt. The three were planning to travel from Columbus to Ann Arbor for Saturday night's Washington-Michigan game, which the Wolverines won quite handily. So a good run here for the Pac-12 football programs. Let's shift to baseball as we head to the home stretch of Major League Baseball season. The Tampa Bay Rays have the best record in the American League and lead the American League East by nine games. They seem well-suited for a deep playoff run, but the fans in Tampa-St. Pete are still not showing up. So the Rays are looking to incentivize them and show some appreciation for the last homestand. The team is offering $10 tickets and discounted concessions for the final 10 home games of the regular season. Thousands of tickets in the lower reserve sections and party decks will be reduced to $10 for games against the Tigers, the Blue Jays, and the Marlins. Concession specials include $5 Budweiser's and Bud Lights, $4 Cokes, 
$5 popcorn and candy. The Rays, again, have continued to struggle drawing fans. So let's see if this little incentive and discounting pushes up the numbers at all in the last homestand. Well, the Toronto Raptors can go home again. Good for them. The Raptors received approval to play at Bank Arena this season. Remember, last season was spent in Tampa. The number of fans in attendance for home games is still to be determined. The Raptors will open their preseason on October 4th, their first game at Bank Arena in more than 19 months. Remember, they were the only NBA team forced to relocate playing in Tampa for the 2021 season, but they will play their home games for the 21-22 season in Toronto. And finally, congratulations to the inductees of the Basketball Hall of Fame over the weekend in Springfield, Mass. You had Paul Pierce, Chris Bosch, Chris Weber, Ben Wallace, Tony Kukoc, Bobby Dandridge, Bill Russell, Rick Adelman, Cotton Fitzsimmons, Pearl Moore, Yolanda Griffin, Laura Jackson, Jay Wright, Clarence Jenkins, and Howard Garfinkel, and Val Ackerman. A special shout out to Val Ackerman, who has been such a leader in basketball throughout the years for both the men's and the women's game. She is such a passionate advocate for basketball and a leader in the sports business and a role model for so many. Longtime colleagues Rick Welts and Russ Granick were Val Ackerman's presenters Saturday night in Springfield. So congratulations, Val Ackerman, for being inducted in the Basketball Hall of Fame over the weekend in Springfield, Massachusetts. And don't forget to register for our sports facilities, franchises, and ticketing symposium September 28th and 30th in Las Vegas. You'll hear industry insights. You'll get a tour of Allegiant Stadium, which opens tonight on Monday Night Football, and you'll have great networking time. Go to our events page on our website, Sports Business Journal, to register today or check out your show notes to learn more. So that is your morning buzzcast for Monday, September 13th. I'm Abe Matcor. Hope everybody has a great start to your week. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Welcome to Irvine, California, where it's easy to play like pros. At the heart of Irvine's competitive culture is Great Park, the region's premier 194-acre multi-sport complex equipped for youth teams to Olympians and everything in between. Plus, Great Park's expansion is underway. With near-perfect weather and a thriving sports scene, Irvine is the place to play. Visit DestinationIrvine.com for more information.